conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, and I am joined today by a brand new guest, Christy G. We are talking all about the 1994 movie, Reality Bites. It is one I had not watched before, so Christy, first, thank you for joining me, and second, thank you for telling me to watch this movie. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me to talk about this amazing movie. I am pumped. Yeah, it's one of those things where because I was born in 92 i haven't seen a ton of the 90s (laughs) sort of like cult classic movies or you know i eventually had seen stuff like this kind of like the breakfast club and those sorts of teenage college year movies that are coming of age stories so i've kind of been working my way through some older movies that i know are huge movies that i've missed this maybe wasn't necessarily a huge movie but i've since watched many of the people in this cast in other things so i was like oh this person's in it and this person (laughs) so it was a treat to get to watch this and you know speaking of the cast we'll just dive right in here you know the big three Ben Stiller, mm-hmm. Winona Ryder, and Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And you have Janine Garofalo as well. You know, if I pronounce anyone else's name, I'd probably butcher it. So we're going to go <laughs> with the core four right there, pretty much. And Perfect. You also have the character Steve, who I forgot oh, who plays yeah. him. But you have this great set of characters. And as someone who is still in my 20s and did do the roommate thing briefly in college, <laughs> I was like oh, this is kind of relatable (laughs) to a certain extent. Luckily, when I moved off campus for college, I had a much better roommate situation. We were both only children and we liked our own space and (laughs) it worked out (laughs) perfectly. But, you know, you see so many people even today living with larger groups of people and someone needs to, you know, move and doesn't have a place right away. So then they need to crash on your couch. And it's a very... LA thing, Mm -hmm. definitely. As someone who grew up in Orange County, I was like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, it's like LA seems great and everything, especially for people who are looking to be in the entertainment business, which, you know, you have Lelena Winona's character who is trying to be in the entertainment business. So on that level, I was like, oh, this relates so so well to pretty much everyone in LA. And obviously, you have your normal people in LA who are there to, you know, work at all of the places that you see all these people <laughs> at trying to make it in the, the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah. So you have, you know, Vicky, who is just doing her thing at The Gap, and she's content with it. She becomes a manager and For her, that's a pretty big deal, but these characters really just resonate on so many different levels because you have Lelena trying to make it in the film industry. You have Troy, who is definitely the artist of the group and is like, Mm -hmm. no, I want to do my art thing and he can't hold down a job. And it's just so funny when you get all of those personalities put together in one group. I love that he gets fired for stealing a Snickers bar. (laughs) Of all things, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, okay, Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Totally a starving artist thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, why don't you just ask him to pay for the Snickers instead of firing him? It's not like it was some (laughs) computer or something that he stole that was expensive at the time. (laughs) Exactly. 
<laughs> you know what's fun too about the cast? I don't know if you caught this, but did you see Renee Zellweger? I saw that she was in it, but I never caught yeah. who she was. She didn't have any lines. Um, it was like a scene where Troy was kind of going from girl to girl and he walks out of his apartment and you could tell he just like had like a one night stand with her and it was totally Renee Zellweger and he gives her a kiss and he just walks away and that was it. Okay, I remember that scene, but I didn't realize yeah. it was her. I was like, she was in this. I know she was in this. I don't know where she was. And it is fun seeing those kind of cameos. I did catch the David yeah. Spade one. That one was great. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so very David Spade of him. And I've so been good. watching watching a bunch of older Stephen King stuff for my other podcast, Chat mm. Cemetery, And it's like, you know, Charlie's Theron made an appearance in Children of the Corn 3, of all things. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, what? That's so random. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I love I love finding those like little, those little moments in like people's acting history where they, it was probably like their first role. Or yeah. They were just trying to make it. And they were probably working a normal job like Troy, just trying to do it. Now look at him, you know, it's kind of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And really, the characters just made the movie because this wasn't something that was a big to do with the cinematography or even the lighting or anything. This was like a very down to earth they're kind of just filming their everyday lives mm -hmm. situation, even though obviously they had some experience acting by this point, you know. Of course. Winona has been in many things that I can't even yeah. name aside from Stranger <laughs> Things. And it's funny, she almost looks exactly the same still. I don't understand Hollywood. I know. She's like a, what's it called? Like a- Enigma? I want to say a unicorn. Yeah, an Enigma magical non-aging person <laughs> or something. Her and Paul <laughs> Rudd. Oh my God, I know. They should sell whatever the heck they're taking. Yeah. So for you, what was it that drew you to this movie and ultimately made you want to discuss it on the podcast? Well, okay, so I was born in 81. So by the time the movie came out, I was 13, 14. And Lisa Loeb was all over the radio with her hit Stay, that song. And so for my first like album I ever bought with my own money was the soundtrack to, to this movie before I even saw the movie because I was obsessed with Lisa Loeb. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my God, I love this song. And so I finally watched the movie. And then, you know, during that time, I was going through my teenage years and I thought Ethan Hawke was like the cutest thing ever. And so that's kind of what started it. But as I got older and I kind of started to understand the movie more, I just started relating so much to it and just trying to figure out your place in the world. And I had a lot of like friends who are musicians and I I found myself in a like dating the musicians kind of thing for a while so I kind of got like Lelena and Troy's chemistry <laughs> and I felt like I just related to them and then then I slowly started to feel like Vicky and trying to figure it out but just working a normal job and being cool with that and I don't know I just felt like I found myself in all of their places but honestly I just love anything 90s and I feel like this movie was so 90s that I love it so much so that's kind of the main reason I really love it it was very very 90s and I say yeah. that as a 90s kid you know I wasn't necessarily the right age for this movie when it came out by any mm -hmm. means because I <laughs> yeah. was barely a child <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry to age you that's <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was one of those things where watching this, I was like, oh, I see why this is something that 
would catch people's attention during that time period. Mm -hmm. And even still today in 2020, some of the things are so relatable. I was just like, oh, yeah, they're all having trouble finding a job. I can relate. You know, Uh I'm kind of trying to. That's a real struggle. Yeah, I'm trying to make the freelance podcast production and editing thing work Mm -hmm. right now and living with my parents. And granted, they did not live with their parents. But, you know, you see Lelena go to her parents and be like, can I get a loan? And they're just kind of like, nah, no, bye. (laughs) You're just like, (laughs) what? That is wild. And given her valedictorian speech at the beginning, you kind of Mm -hmm. understand why her parents are treating her that way. But at the same time, you're like, well, maybe they should be a little sympathetic because it's a tough time out there. And especially with the HIV and AIDS pandemic Mm -hmm. that was still very prominent then. This story felt very, very true to the time period. And while the latter part maybe isn't as relatable today, it is still a thing that exists, of course, but it isn't as much of an unknown as it was back then. And you have, you know, Magic Johnson coming out saying Mm -hmm. that he has HIV and he stops playing in the NBA around two years after this. I want to say he retired in like 95, 96 era and yeah that sounds right yeah and you just have so many unknowns going into the real world and so the title reality bites you definitely understand that right off the bat with the story (laughs) that they're telling and even the fact that you know ben stiller directed this i was like oh that's interesting i didn't know he had directed anything really at least during this time period probably totally one of his first directing gigs you know like it's and he looked like such a baby too yeah (laughs) they were doing such great things like wow did you know that Danny DeVito produced it which I thought was pretty cool too that is crazy yeah it's just one of those stories where it feels so DIY and then you you find out who all (laughs) is involved in it and you're like oh okay but I like that they kept that realness with the footage Uh because they use a lot of you know Leilana's footage that she's recording for you know Mm -hmm. this thing that she's working on this little side project and you have just so many things going on that are typical of having to juggle everyday life. It's like, okay, clearly there's something going on between her and Troy, but then Michael comes into the picture and you're like, oh, okay. I so know, poor Michael. I actually really liked Michael. <laughs> yeah, he tried very hard. He and, he, and he didn't do anything wrong. He was just the wrong guy, you know? Like the poor guy. <laughs> yeah, and you could tell from the beginning that it was always going to be Leilana and Troy by the end of, of it. Course. And, you know, with Michael, he respected her mm-hmm. in a way that Troy wasn't really willing to open up and show her at first. So that's why he got the girl first. And then they had to go through this whole thing. And then her work had to kind of be taken out of context and ruined. And mm-hmm. she got upset with him, even though it still wasn't entirely his fault, you know, after. Of course following film and tv news the last few years like i have been it's one of those things where you quickly realize that there isn't any one person that has control over the entire creative (laughs) aspect of making something for the big or small screen so you have that coming into play and it's sort of like this big statement on not only hollywood but just being in your late teens, early 20s, and trying to figure things out and how it's going to happen for different people at a different pace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I, as a, I'm 38 now, and that really doesn't change. The uh, 
topics change, but yeah. you're kind of always figuring it out, you know? These kids could have benefited from some Gary V insight in the 90s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know, I'm referencing <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk, who owns VaynerMedia, VaynerX, and he sort of just really pushes people to pursue what they're passionate about, even if it's something like, you know, you want to have your own janitorial company one day. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be like making it big in Hollywood or anything. He's just like, if you're good at something and you like it, go do it. Go make it happen. Yep. And it's one of those things where you didn't really have a ton of people saying that kind of stuff in the 90s. Sure, you have your inspirational speakers and those kind of people, and they still exist today, maybe even on a much bigger scale because of social media now. But of course, it wasn't something that was sort of in your face all the time. It was just like soul crushing in the 90s based on what this movie showed us. Yeah. And especially like in that MTV kind of generation, because you had like in the 90s, like the pop stars. And it was like, you got to be this pretty beautiful thing. But then you also had like the grunge side, which is kind of like, nope, screw everybody, do your own thing. So you kind of had an equal balance. But I feel like obviously those pop stars are still going and the grunge kind of people, they're there, but they're not like, they're not making the money that these pop stars are making. So I feel like the 90s kind of created that if that makes any sense. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad you brought up MTV because I want to talk about the MTV ripoff in this. Yes, it was so <laughs> funny. And, you know, as soon as they brought on like their culture segment and they were like, kind of like, oh, we're in South Central LA. I was just like, oh, this is such a cringeworthy moment. But it's totally <laughs> something they would have done in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's so funny. I missed the, like the 90s MTV, like the what happened to MTV? I sound like an old person. But <laughs> it used to be so good. I always said if I had a billion dollars, I would buy MTV and I would start it from day one, which is like 1981. And I would just hit play and just let it roll all the way through again. And I think that would be really fun. I always joke too, like I was born in the same year as MTV. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm the MTV generation. So you I'm, pr I'm proud of that. <laughs> Like, I think we've, we've parted ways now. It's not the same. I think a lot of people have because I don't even know what they air on MTV other than, like, I don't know, Teen Mom. Is that an MTV show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Like, what happened to music? It's so Anyway, it's a rant about that. But we're just gonna, we'll just stick with the reality bites. <laughs> I just thought it was a very funny little kind of jab at MTV in the movie. Uh -huh. And it wasn't even necessarily a jab. It's like, this is how things are. And we're going mm -hmm. to go explore these other cultures that might seem dangerous and you don't know anything <laughs> about them. And you're just like, oh my goodness, this is why uh -huh. there were so many problems in the 90s <laughs> outside of, totally. you know, Hollywood, especially. You're just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. You guys <laughs> really went for it in the 90s, didn't you? <laughs> But hey, there was some really good fashion in the 90s. I, I'm secretly really excited that it's coming back. And I catch myself telling like the little 17-year-old girls at work, I wish I still had my clothes. You guys would love it. And I'm like, oh my God, I remember my mom telling me these things. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird world, but I love it. I love that it's kind of back, back again, if that makes any sense. So just, yeah, I, I love it. I love it so much. It's like vinyl making a comeback. It's just like yeah. some of these things are coming full circle and they're cool again. And then, you know, in a few years they won't be. But, hey, it's cool that it came back and we have it for a few years. I'm still waiting, you know, for someone to make a new MySpace or something. Oh, I know. Yeah, that was a fun era, too. Aw. MySpace is the reason I'm in Los Angeles. 
Nice. So, oh. Troy would have benefited yeah. from MySpace probably. I think people would have dug <laughs> his music. Yes. I totally agree. Or he'd be like a not SoundCloud, but where you raise money to like make a record. Kickstarter. Not, not GoFundMe. Kickstarter. He would be a Kickstarter guy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that happening. And really it would just be so he could go buy some food. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. That's so funny. I love him. I'm a, I still love him. What are some of the big moments in this movie that really stood out to you as far as the story goes? Well, I really liked how, so there's Lelena and there was Troy. And there obviously was like this chemistry between them. But she, you could tell she kind of pushed him away in a, in a way because she didn't want to lose his friendship. And I feel like that's such a big thing that happens to people when they're friends and they like get together. And then all of a sudden, like, you can't be friends after that. And I could see like that fear for her. And that's something I resonated with a lot. I don't know. I really was inspired by her kind of saying like, no, I'm not going to just go get a random job. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. doing what I love. Yeah. But also that she had to hustle at the gas, the gas stations <laughs> when people had to pay credit cards by swiping them on a piece of paper. But um, I don't know. I just really like those two things mostly about it. Just her kicking butt but like sticking up for herself and pursuing her dreams and trying to protect this friendship that she loves so much and that's what I loved most about it. I'm glad you brought up the gas station scene because not (laughs) only is it her hustling to make things happen but she's also kind of getting back at her father for you know the fact that Uh he was like oh well you just need to go get a job kind of thing same with her Uh mom but then she remembers that he was like, oh, I'll pay for the gas card for a year. And so <laughs> she's like racking up <laughs> $300 plus in a day on it. And yeah. he calls at the end or towards the end, I think. And he's just like, we need to talk about this $900 gas <laughs> bill. <laughs> yeah. And it was just one of those moments where you're like, hey, you're the one who said you'd pay it for a year. <laughs> yep. It's so good. She's like, well, technically, I did what you told me to do, Dad. Like, you can't argue with me, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and you can tell that because she gets in this funk while she's trying to pursue a job that she really does want and – she racks up the four hundred dollar phone bill. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, Vicky comes the in. Lady. <laughs> yeah, Vicky comes in and it's just like <laughs> you need to get up and just do something about this because we're also broke and uh-huh. you racked up this bill, not us, <laughs> because you just see her day after day on the phone and it's a pretty fun montage. And then apparently Steve has like also moved in pretty much. So <laughs> yeah, you kind of fingers around. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a revolving door of whether Steve is there or Troy is there or not. Mm-hmm. And so you have these friends who are trying to stick together through probably some of the toughest times they're going to have. And Lelena blows it all up by speaking down on the gap. And you're just kind of like, oh, it's like, you know, she didn't really mean that. She just meant for her, that wasn't what she wanted to do. She wasn't saying that it was bad for Vicky to be doing that. Of course. (laughs) And (laughs) you just have this friendship that kind of starts to crumble. And she has to not only work at getting a job, doing something she wants, but repairing these relationships that she's kind of flushed down the toilet by Mm -hmm. calling a psychic all day and, you know, just (laughs) doing some of the most ridiculous stuff. And you're just like, we get that Lelena's in a funk and you kind of just 
know what she's going through if you've ever left a job for whatever reason or been fired. I personally have not been fired, but I left a job thinking, oh, I'll just find another job in a couple months and figure things out from there. And here I am, I don't even know how many years later, and I'm just like, all right, just going to freelance and do this the hard way. (laughs) I've totally been there, my friend. Yep. It's scary. You know, we had to pause on the gap for a second. They don't really say this in the movie, but at the end where Lelena is going out the door and the Troy standing outside, mm-hmm. the outfit she's wearing is the exact same outfit that Vicky wears when she works at the Gap. So I'm wondering, <laughs> it's like, are they trying to tell us that Lelena actually went and got a part-time job at the Gap? I didn't notice this till like two days ago. I'm like, wait, she's wearing a denim shirt, a button-down shirt with a, like a khaki skirt. And I was like, huh, I wonder if they're hinting that she actually went and got that job. They never say. They might be because I think she finally realized that she just sort of needs to suck it up and do what she needs to do in order to keep making, you know, her home video stuff. And obviously it was trying to be higher quality than home video, but really that's what it was. It was this very Mm -hmm. DIY kind of documenting the everyday lives of people living in a particular place and going through very real things, especially the whole bit with HIV and AIDS with not only Vicky, but Steve as well. They both air Mm -hmm. their concerns about those things. And you see Vicky going and getting tested and finding out the results and why Steve remains celibate because he was like, I need to be comfortable with who I am first because he comes out to his mom as being gay. And that's something that clearly the mom is struggling with. We don't really see that part of it too much. You kind of just see it through the camera lens through the window and I would have mm-hmm. loved to get a little more of that because I feel like it would have added more to Steve's character because he was sort of just a window piece for most of it. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And I love him. Like, I love him as a character. Like, I just, he was in like the quirky little, he was always the quirky guy in the movies. So it was interesting seeing him have like a dark movement. Like he was on Friends as Phoebe's gay ice skater husband. Okay. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> and um I don't know. I just really, I think he's awesome. So it was fun to see him play kind of a darker role. But like you said, you don't see too much of it. So that, yes, I agree. I wish they would have zoomed in on that a little more. Yeah. What do you think of the pacing of the film overall? Because mimicking everyday life, that can be kind of sporadic. And I think Mm -hmm. they did a nice job sort of just capturing the pace of what these people are going through. Totally. I agree 100%. I think the only pacing issue I had was at the end when it's like, sure, I went away. And then like within five minutes, he's back and they're in love and they're moving in together. (laughs) I was like, yay, they're happy. But oh, I want to see I want to see more of that. But I get it. You know, like a movie can only be so long. But that's the only part just in a selfish way just wanted to see more of them together. Yeah, like in that way. But other than that, it was great. And this was only about an hour and 40 minutes, I believe. So they could have added Mm -hmm. like another 10 minutes just to give us a little more time to foster that budding relationship between Lelena and Troy but it also could have been a budget thing and they were like crap we're running out of money so (laughs) how do we wrap this up that's very true I never thought about that (laughs) yeah I think that was just my like selfish way of wanting to see more of Troy because I had a crush on him That's fair. And Ethan Hawke, another person who has gone on to do many, many things after this. So really the Mm -hmm. core three of him, Winona, and Ben Stiller, you see how much they've grown since this movie too, especially watching Mm -hmm. it now in 2020. And you're kind of like, wow, they have come a very long way because 
I wouldn't say all of the acting is necessarily good in this, but it feels real at least. Like they're just trying to be real people. They're not really trying to act too much. But there are some times where you're like, okay, you're being a little over the top. Can we stop now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. I like the part where Vicky and Lelena are in the um, like that diner and she's comparing her funeral to like a scene from Melrose Place. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. She's like, they're going to be at my funeral and they're going to be in their crop tops. And <laughs> to me, it was like a little like, it was like, it's like lightning the moment. Like I, Melrose Place is a really good show. <laughs> it was some promotion for Melrose Place at the time, probably. They were like, <laughs> exactly. we got to let you know this is really in the 90s, guys. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. And other than some little moments like that, I enjoyed this movie. But again, it wasn't something that was really trying to make a huge statement with the filmmaking techniques and stuff like that. So there were some spots where I was like, oh, that's quite grainy. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so it it was a very, very fun experience. But at the same time, it's one of those where it definitely has a rewatchability factor. And I've kind of liked bringing this up and talking about this a little because there are some movies where you watch them and you're just like, okay, I saw that. I'm good. I never need to see it again. But this mm -hmm. is something that's kind of a little lighter. And even though it tackles serious subjects, because it just kind of looks like everyday life, you can probably toss it on in the background and catch some moments and be like, oh, yeah, this is great. Totally. And plus the music in it's amazing. Yes, I want to talk about that because there were definitely some needle drops in this. And I was like, this is a jam. <laughs> 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 my favorites were of course solo stay and like my Sharona. i mean that's just always fun and um that u2 song uh, all i want is you which mm -hmm. i feel like they played a lot of that song which is something you don't get a lot because music is so expensive to put into film yeah so i was like wow they got a jam in that movie um so i really like those a lot plus you have the accident scene which kind of brings you this great musical moment because you have Lelena and Vicky in the one car and you have Michael in the other car. And every time you cut to one car or the other, different songs play. And then you have mm -hmm. the accident because Lelena flicks her cigarette and it lands in his car and like <laughs> starts this little fire on his CD case or whatever it was. And it was yeah. just one of those moments where you can relate to the two girls singing in the car and kind of not necessarily paying attention. And then you have Michael on the other spectrum of that, where you you kind of get this first impression that he's going to be this hotshot jerk because he has a phone in his car in the 90s. In a newspaper. <laughs> like, yeah. What is he doing? <laughs> he had so much going on in there. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about specifically before we give our ratings and wrap this up? I just would say if people haven't seen it, just watch it. Even if it's just for the goodness of like the fashion and the music. So freaking good. Like Vicky's bangs. Maybe when I've been trying to grow up my bangs and they look <laughs> up my bangs but again. I was like, dang it, Vicky. Um, it's a good movie. And I'm glad that someone your age really enjoyed it because it just makes my heart all warm and fuzzy. Because <laughs> I love the <laughs> Yeah, and it's one of those things where I've learned that, like, I really enjoy coming-of-age stories, even if the ages are different than where I'm at in my life. Like, something like Stand By mm -hmm. Me, I really enjoy. Oh, yeah. And something like the It remake, the first part, you're just oh, like, yeah. oh, mm -hmm. okay, you know, these kids have a connection. And this, because they're older, it feels a little more real. 
because you know with it you're like eh, they're they're not really being haunted by a clown in the sewers so <laughs> you know that's not going to happen in everyday <laughs> totally. life <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> that's so funny yeah I just really loved it and I think nine out of ten people would love this movie that's my that's my uh my my thoughts <laughs> yeah I agree and like I said earlier it's one I enjoyed but it's not going to be the best made movie out there it's not going to look like you know something like Quentin Tarantino movies of the time or anything like that you know it's one of those things where it's just like a laid-back feel you can tell that it had a lower budget it wasn't this big blockbuster movie but because I enjoyed it I was like you know what this is like a three three and a half for me and out of five, that yeah. is. And to me, that's good. That, that means I had fun. Yeah, it is a good fun movie. Yeah, it's definitely not one to be like, oh, I'm going to apply this to my entire life. And it's really good. But I think to me, it was just more fun just because of the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has that 90s vibe. So if you're feeling any 90s nostalgia, go watch this. <laughs> I know we yes. spoiled most of it, but at the same time, it's, it doesn't really feel like a movie you can spoil because you kind of know how it's going to play out from the start. Yes, that's true. That's true. I agree. Awesome. Well, I know we kept this a little short here, Christy, but before we go, is there anything you would like to plug? Where can people follow you on socials? Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, so I have a podcast, the Christy G Podcast. So I talk to musicians mostly, but artists and just like fun, awesome people. And you can find all the links to that mostly on my Instagram, which is at Christy G. Or you can go to christyg.com and that has all the links as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on and for recommending this movie for me. I always love it when a guest, especially a new guest, tells me to watch something mm-hmm. and I do and it's great. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. That makes that makes me happy. I love it when I share stuff with people and they like it. I'm like, yay! same here quickly before we go i want to let you all know about our patreon you can support this podcast for a dollar a month that'll get you a thank you on the show for two dollars a month you can pick a topic for me to discuss with anyone who is willing to discuss it with me and for five dollars a month you can join the welcome to geekdom slack group where you can talk to myself and some of the guests who have been on the podcast and As always, you can find us on socials at GeekdomPod on Twitter and Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.